When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. My name's Barrett Salee. Appreciate you checking out the show. It is glasses day. Why? Well, because there's pollen outside and I hate pollen. So eyes were hurting. So here we go with the glasses. Appreciate you checking it out. Like I say, every single show, appreciate you being part of this show. And look, all we want to do is be part of the college football podcast ecosystem. There are so many great podcasts out there. And look, we're here. All of us are here to give you college football 24-7, 365. Because as I've said many times, it is the most undercovered sport in all of American sports. The NBA, way up high. College football, way down low. Those two things should be Flipped. Got a big show today. Connor O'Gare from Saturdays Down South will join us. We'll also talk a little bit about Drake May in the NFL draft. Look, I'm, I'm not the biggest draft guy, but I watch college football. And when I watch college football, I understand, hey, this guy's good at this. This guy's good at that. It's all about watching games, not the underwear Olympics. And a lot of talk has been about the former North Carolina quarterback, Drake May, over the last couple of days. Reminder, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515, coastalvibevacations.com. They do a great job setting you up for a vacation rental along the Florida Gulf Coast, especially on Okaloosa Island, just west of Destin, Florida. They've got everything. These condos are absolutely beautiful. Plenty of different complexes to choose from and it is fun for the entire family coastal vibe vacations 850-888-0515 or coastal vibe vacations.com all right so it was announced yesterday that drake may the north carolina quarterback will not throw at the nfl combine and this comes after we found out, or I guess we already knew, that Caleb Williams, the former USC quarterback, and Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU, will not throw as well. I have thoughts on this because I watch the NFL Network every once in a while. I don't love it. Like As, as those of you know who have listened to me on SiriusXM, and not necessarily writing because you don't write about this stuff, but you know that I'm busy on Sundays. I've got the radio show on Sunday mornings on SiriusXM. We've got rankings coming out. We've got lines coming out during the season. I have the NFL on kind of in the background, but that's about it. So once the season kind of ends, the college football season, I start to pay attention. You know, of course, the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. And it goes right into the NFL combine, which, by the way, great pacing. The NFL does. It keeps itself in the discussion 24-7. So that's good. Good for them. But I was watching the NFL Network 
And this was before it came out that Drake May was not going to throw. And there was a lot of talk about him, about how he has the most to gain in the combine, or he's the sleeper, or he's the guy that could vault up draft boards a lot like his UNC brethren, Mitch Trubisky, did. And it got me thinking, who is Drake May? Is he Mitch Trubisky? Is he Sam Howell? Or is he Josh Allen? A guy who bursts on the scene, who all these scouts fall in love with during the draft process, and, 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 and turns out to be an MVP candidate. Who is Drake May? So I went back and I watched the UNC game. It was the NC State game, actually, uh, at the end of the season. And, and I kind of like just looked a little bit about what he does, what he doesn't do, how he, how he moves in the pocket and things like that. And I came away thinking, and I've watched UNC games throughout the course of the fall as well. What the hell are these NFL draft scouts thinking? Because sometimes the best way to evaluate football is, I don't know, maybe watching football. Just a crazy thought I know. Watching football might be a great way to evaluate football. Drake May was a was a decent quarterback in college. Drake May was an average quarterback in a below average conference. And the Tez Walker thing was interesting. I know you didn't get your chemistry with him, whatever. But the, the fact remains that he's extremely average in an average conference. Check this out. This is Drake May versus ACC opponents. Under 60% completion percentage. A 143.18 passer rating. 8.2 yards per attempt. If that's not average, I don't know what average is. You look at the completion percentages in the ACC. Seventh. Seventh. And let me tell you, that's behind Haynes King, Brennan Armstrong, who was benched at one point, Tyler Van Dyke, Cade Klubnick. I mean, we're not talking about superstars. Although, if you listen to, to this show, you know I think Cade Klubnick's going to be actually be all right this year. But it's not like he had a superstar season. That's a pretty rough completion percentage. Passer rating, fourth in the ACC. It's behind Kyron Drones, who was second. Now. Look, I like Kyron Jones. I think he's actually going to be one of those sleeper players this year. The limited time, I guess half the season we saw him, he was pretty good. He's not an NFL caliber quarterback, especially right now. And then you look at yards per attempt. He's third behind Jordan Travis and Kyron Jones. So, okay, I get that, but that's pretty good. But is it worthy of being the second or perhaps even first quarterback off the board? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So to me, sometimes the tape don't lie. And in Drake May's case, the tape's not going to lie. He's Mitch Trubisky. He's the guy that you look at him, you say, oh, okay, the athleticism is there. The underwear Olympics, he's going to absolutely kill it. In, in terms of, of the quarterbacks anyway, when he goes to his pro day, he's going to throw the ball 80 yards. Great. Throw the ball 80 yards. You know who also does that? Joe Milton. Tennessee fans know all about Joe Milton. 
Great. Good for him. Can throw the ball out of the stadium. You know who's out of the stadium? Fans. You know who's in the stadium? Players. And he doesn't really connect with them all that much. So this Drake May hype, it's going to be there all offseason. But if you think that he should be a first-round draft pick, you're out of your frigging mind. Drake May is going to be Mitch Trubisky. Drake May is going to be Sam Howe. And I'm not just sitting here comparing him to North Carolina quarterbacks, and it's not an indictment of North Carolina quarterbacks. But for whatever reason, two of the biggest draft darlings have come out of North Carolina. So, I don't know. Like, to me, Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels not throwing at the combine, I understand that 100%. They're top-tier draft picks. They want to be with their receivers. Cool. Drake May not throwing at the combine, to me, reeks of apprehension. It tells me that, okay, the spotlight's going to be on me. Not sure if I'm ready for that spotlight. Try to avoid showing what you are because scouts might figure out what you aren't. Breaking tea. Big partner here at College Football Smothered and Covered. This is a great, a great shirt. The kick six. You see where Chris Davis ran around the top of that field. You see where all the blockers were and in Alabama's case where the defense was not. It's a great shirt. They have fantastic shirts over at Breaking Tea, whether it be college football, Braves, anything in between. Uh, they've got you covered from NIL, individual players, wearing the moment in terms of viral events or historic events like this shirt, the kick six. They've got it for you. BreakingTea.com slash smothered and covered. Go to BreakingTea.com slash smothered and covered to get yours. Or if you're a Braves fan, like I am, wearing a Braves shirt right now. This is one of theirs. This is throw it again from last year's game against the Mets when Pete Alonzo was talking smack to Bryce Elder. And then the wheels went falling off because the Mets are the Mets. And Tyler Matzik started heckling Pete Alonzo from the Braves dugout. A phenomenal moment for the Braves. And honestly, I wouldn't say it's a depressing moment for the Mets because it's just what the Mets do. But breakingt.com slash Baird if you want to get a Brave shirt, breakingt.com slash smothered and covered if you want to get a college football shirt. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Joined now by my good friend, Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. You know him from the Saturday Down South podcast, as well as what he does on that great website. Connor, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. You know, I, I feel I feel bad because um, you've been on my show a, a bunch of times and you have reached out on a, on a few occasions for um, for your serious show to be able to, to come on, on like a Sunday morning. And I think every single time that you've reached out, it's been after I was in Atlanta and I was flying home at that exact time. And so I feel bad that I've, I feel like I've always been like, ah, no, like next time. But I'm glad that we we're able to do this. Yeah. You know, that's my fault. <laughs> I should invite my you fault. on more. I should invite you on more, especially right now when we're stuck talking about hoops on that show. I mean, look, not to lie, I, I like hoops, but college football is a little different. College football is a little bit different. I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you. Like I, I am a March college basketball guy, even as somebody, mm -hmm. look, I, I thought that's what I wanted to do professionally. Like I, I went to Indiana. I went to a I was going to say you're a basketball guy, right? Yeah. Like I, I grew up with, you know, the fighting Illini that D Brown, Darren Williams run was like a big part of my childhood. My mom went to Illinois. Like I, I thought I was, I, I wanted to write about college basketball my entire life. And then you get into the college football side. Like when I went out to Nebraska and spent two and a half years out there and I was covering Nebraska football home games, even though they weren't, you know, particularly dominant, you know, 2013, 2014, end of the Bo Pelini run, it still kind of opened up my eyes to like, oh God, this is, this is a beast. And this is, this is what I want to be part of. So I, I have definitely become a, a March college basketball guy through and through. I'll, I'll dig into it more, um, you know, starting in the next, in the next week, probably, but yeah, it's college football 365. You said D Brown and that I think I I recognize that right away. I think that dated both of us. Look for the Utes for the Utes out there, go look it up. The, the Arizona game, I'll never forget watching that in my family room. That comeback. <laughs> it, it's one of the great college basketball memories of my lifetime. That team was just so fun because they played yeah, a really modern style. Like Luther Head would would chuck it from deep and they they just like played this up tempo style that was just so captivating and that team not winning a national championship will always hang over the Illini. Well, speaking of basketball schools, and I know Mark Stoops hate to hear it because he's turned Kentucky into a football school, much to the chagrin of coach Cal, who's constantly frustrated by that, but you have been up in Kentucky. You talked to the, to the staff up there. You got to see Brock Vandegrift, the former Georgia quarterback. So after your, your trip to Kentucky, what do you make of how they're feeling, especially in this new era with Texas and Oklahoma in the conference and no divisions to speak of. It's a really interesting time. And I was there. So I was there right as uh, Bush Hamden, their new OC was flying in. He's going to be flying in that day. He was like doing all the prep, trying to get, you know, learn names and stuff like that. And they actually, you know, they spring practice that's, that's pushed back because they're trying to implement, you know, his offense and do all those things, which, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, the way that it all shook out with my doppelganger, Liam Cohen, going back to the <laughs> NFL. Um, and it's brutal. Like, it's brutal. I think they put themselves in a really awkward spot. I shouldn't say they, but they are in a very awkward spot because of Mark Stoops and this four-hour Texas A&M deal that, that went through and that it didn't go through. And <laughs> there are ramifications of stuff like that. I, yeah. I think the Liam Cohen thing is a byproduct of that. And so Kentucky is a school that is – truly embraced nil and they've embraced the transfer portal and this adapt or die world they've adapted they just have don't have the wins to, to necessarily show for it they wanted Devin leary to be a thing man they, they wanted it so badly like, they tried yeah, i mean they tried dude like this time last year i'm telling people like watch just just watch but 
there was always that little you know thing in the back of my mind where I'm wondering, okay, he had this one of one surgery where Dr. James Andrews, the famed Dr. James Andrews, said, I've never performed this sort of surgery, this this heck injury that you had on a quarterback. So we don't necessarily know what it's going to look like long term. And there's a part of me that when I watched Devin Leary, I would think to myself, is he just struggling with the mechanics of learning this post-surgery? style and it just looked off for most of the year yeah and it's too bad so i think they're they're kind of going through this this interesting transition time there's a lot of optimism about brock vandegrift uh the, the untapped potential a guy that is just chomping at the bit ready for this opportunity but it's a it's a different buzz than when i was there last which was yeah 2021 in the midst of their historic start that was i was there right before the lsu game where they just dominated them sec network game that night and it was uh, it, it was it was a very interesting dynamic to to, to say the least. But I, I think that they're they're hopeful that that better days are ahead after a frustrating season. This has nothing to do with this conversation, but Brock Vandegrift's dad was my assistant baseball coach at Wheeler High School. That's no way. Here. But yeah, I, I mean, and Greg's huh. a great dude. He's great. He was the, probably the best coach I ever had in terms of assisting. Most fun. We used to go to his house and watch wrestling, like WrestleMania and things. I wasn't the biggest wrestling guy, but other people were, and I remember him. Uh, him giving the the people's elbow to, to to some of the players probably not allowed in this day and age. But like you mentioned, Brock and and obviously he went to to Georgia with all this hype. And honestly, I was surprised he didn't transfer last off season. But he goes to Kentucky, a place where I think he has a chance to be a star. What, what's there? What's the feel around that complex with what the ceiling is for Brock? You could build an offense around him, and that, that is a lot of that is 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 speculation. Because the reps, the reps have been super limited. We know that it, it's it's not like we've gotten to see this guy come in and and get a whole lot of live action in meaningful meaningful snaps. I mean, that's been so few and far between. But the hope and what I've been saying for a while, I think he's Southern Will Levis. You know, and I say that in a complimentary way. I think this guy, first of all, whatever he's listed at, he's every bit of it. I, yeah. I can confirm that. And I'm a small guy. I'm five, eight and a half. But and I tweeted out the picture standing up next to him. My <laughs> first reaction was like, oh, this guy is built. I mean, all those weightlifting videos that you saw of him in high school where he's power cleaning like 315 pounds. You're just like, who is this dude? He's ready to hit people. He's ready to use his legs as part of the running game. Now, he's not going to be this, you know, run you over nonstop, like default to his legs type guy. He'd rather be behind the line of scrimmage, navigate the pocket. He wants to show that he can throw the football. It, that's going to be the, the work in progress, and it's going to be interesting to see what the quarterback run game looks like, how many of those are by design. But I think there's a lot of hope. What have we seen from Brock Vandegrift that has told us he's not worthy of that five-star billing that he got? Like, he couldn't beat out Stetson Bennett. He couldn't beat out Carson <laughs> Beck. Like It's kind of hard right. to do that. Right? I so I won't hold that against him. I, I think staying three years is super rare for the five-star quarterbacks. I crunched those numbers. And it, it is extremely rare to stay at one place for three years. And now in year four, he's like, look, I got to get reps. And I, I don't fault a kid for doing that. They're going to build an offense around him. And I, I'm cautiously optimistic that Bush Hamden's going to be able to, to do that with the pieces that they have in place in Lexington. All right, I'm going to ask you a very simple question. And it's probably got a very complicated answer. Do you believe in Shane Beamer at South Carolina? I do. I do, but I wonder, man, it's it's setting up in a in a pretty frustrating way if you're Shane Beamer, right? I mean, it's one thing to 
lose a coach like James Coley and have Kirby take him out from under you, those two guys, I've said it before, I'll say it again, they're not sharing a verbo anytime soon. All right. <laughs> like that's just no love lost between Shane Beamer and Kirby Smart, um, despite what they might say publicly about one another. I think that there is a path for Shane Beamer to navigate a really daunting year. I think there are four coaches in the SEC who are staring at just an uphill climb this year, and they're really going to have to exceed expectations if they want to avoid that hot seat talk. And Shane Beamer is one of them, obviously Billy Napier, Clark Lee, and Sam Pittman. Those are the four. But Shane Beamer, his his task is you got to be better in the trenches in this league. And I love the addition of Sean Elliott. Uh, getting Sean Elliott from yes. your neck of the woods, Georgia State, that is going to help them in the trenches. That guy knows running games like the back of his hand. He's got five consecutive top 40 rushing attacks. That is good news for Rocket Sanders after, look, they weren't willing to pony up in the transfer portal for a running back last year, and I thought it cost them. And their offensive line might not have yielded a whole lot of success there. They've got to get better in the trenches. Beamer ball is great. It's awesome, right? Like when it works, it's so fun to be able to see these different ways that you can score, and that's really what Beamer ball is. It's just – Whoever's on the field, you could score a touchdown. And that that is something that they have truly embraced. And they've, they've been able to kind of make up for their other deficiencies at times because of that. But now, after Spencer Radler had a really good year learning under Dow Loggins, and I think he's going to be, you know, one of the top six or seven quarterbacks selected in the NFL draft. Be. Like, he was great. And if you just looked at the five and seven record, you said to yourself, ah, you know what, I guess he didn't. No, no, no. He, he was excellent. So now the questions are, all right, what does this quarterback room look like? And do you really have a path to, to relevance? I think Ray Tanner has a lot of faith in Shane Beamer. I believe in Shane Beamer because I think this is when he's at his best. This is a guy who's got, what, seven wins outright as an underdog during his time, four of which came as a double-digit dog, like, this is when Shane Beamer wants to stand up and prove you wrong. Last season was almost out of his element looking back on that. And I followed him at SEC media days and the amount of times that he got asked about the Tennessee win and the Clemson win. Oh Guilty. my God. Oh, look, you have to, <laughs> you have to, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, if you're not asking him about that, it was monumental. It was change the narrative of the program type stuff. And instead, look, this is a reminder that there's no such thing as momentum in college football. Everybody kept saying, you know, what's the momentum coming into this year? It's like, it's great for booster support. It's great for NIL. It changes how people talk about you. But when the games actually happen, man, and like that first game that we saw against UNC, we're like, oh boy, they have major issues. So I believe that he's going to find a way to navigate this, but the path is not easy. It's a very uphill climb for South Carolina. Connor, we haven't talked a lot about Oklahoma um, on the show because it's kind of been dominated by Texas. You know, Texas and Oklahoma coming in, but Texas just made the playoff. And, yeah. you know, Sark is is one of the top guys. So we've kind of, av not voided, but it's just kind of like an afterthought in terms of Oklahoma. What is Oklahoma this year and long-term do you think they can compete in this SEC? You know what's weird? I know Andy Staples has talked about this. That win total is at seven and a half wins this year. Yeah. The schedule's tough, man. It's tough. Texas got the better draw with the year one schedule in the SEC. There's no doubt about it. But it's interesting because you lose Jeff Levy, you lose Dylan Gabriel. And a lot of people in Norman seem to think, no big deal. That That, that is going to be fine. <laughs> like, I, I don't really care. That might because be a big deal. It might be. You know what? Like, I think Jeff Levy is a great offensive mind. Um, maybe he left some points on the board. They still had, what, a top four offense last year? Mm -hmm. the, the optimism is Jackson Arnold. And they'll go as far as Jackson Arnold can take him because I, I do feel good about a Brent Venables coach defense that returns a couple of all Americans. You've got a, an all American safety. You've got Danny Stutzman at linebacker. Like you should feel good about that. The questions are about offense. 
Now, Jackson Arnold comes in with a group of receivers that are quietly really, really deep. And if you've been paying attention, like you're like looking at some of these guys coming back going, whoa, they one through five, like they're going to be really, really tough to guard in the conference. And that, that I think will translate well in the SEC. Jackson Arnold obviously had a very mistake prone bowl game. And if he doesn't have those three interceptions, we're talking about him in the way that we're talking about Nico Yamaleava, still crushing the pronunciation of that one. But it's going to be difficult. That's right. Not doing it wrong on purpose, might I add. I am a lab. Like, what are, what are people doing? <laughs> what, are, what are people doing? Uh, but yeah, I think Jackson Arnold is is one of the most interesting players in the SEC. And he's going to go. Uh, he's going to go like be one of those guys that is over dissected because he's a former five star and. The high school career that he had is going to, you know, make him a, a constant topic of of conversation. Could he be the next great Oklahoma quarterback? But man, you look at that win total, seven and a half wins. You're scratching your head, going, uh, "This is not the 2010s Oklahoma. We're not coming in with expectations like that." Last thing, Connor, uh, I'm not going to talk about Alabama because I've talked enough about Kalen DeBoer. I'm sure you have as well. Uh, across the state, though, in Auburn. Hugh Freeze sort of married himself to Peyton Thorne, at least for now, which quite honestly was a shock to me. Uh, if you're if you're an Auburn fan, what's the bare minimum Hugh Freeze can do this year in, in terms of developing a quarterback or at least developing a potent offense to give you hope that maybe he can be the guy that can lead Auburn back to glory in a couple years? If we're not making fun of Peyton Thorne, Hugh Freeze has done his job. <laughs> it's true. It's it's it pretty simple. Like if he, if, if all of a sudden we're saying, Oh, Peyton Thorne better it's than right. we thought. Dude. He's fine. He's a bridge the gap quarterback. He's, you know, a little bit Graham Mertz ish. If we're talking about him in that sort of conversation of like, Oh, this is actually like not a total disaster in the way that it was last year. Then he will have probably done his job. Now you're bringing in more talent at the receiver position. Obviously everybody's talking about those freshman receivers, freshman receivers in the sec, like, don't, don't get too crazy about expectations. History yeah. shows us it is not easy to come into this conference and, and set the set the world on fire. So I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, saying that that, that they're going to be like instant impact type guys who are going to be, you know, in the all SEC conversation. But you know, with Peyton Thorne last year, I hated the fact that Hugh Freeze had to end up relying on a post spring transfer at the quarterback position. The history of those guys doing well instantly is just not very good, and especially go when Lane Kiffin. And- recruited everybody like he had like 10 quarterbacks that he got yeah. in the winter portal exactly and lane's just like oh we'll take another one we'll just yeah. spencer sanders like you might you're sure. hold a clipboard the entire year but like we'll, we'll take you on board that's that's perfectly fine oh yeah walker howard come on board that's the tough part the market was there yeah you know, like the, the market was there this year the market was there last year the grayson mccall thing didn't line up because of the credits whatever whatever you want to believe with all that stuff it is Definitely weird to think that we're going into year two with Hugh Freeze and all the moves that he's made with his staff. And you've got new coordinators coming in. Cadillac Williams is no longer part of that staff. And you're like, wait a minute, Peyton Thorne is still going to be the guy? I wouldn't feel good about that if I'm an Auburn fan. And and look, while I do think the year two for those those post-spring transfer guys, you know, it, it does bode well. It bodes better than it did the year prior for sure. I still am not feeling like all of a sudden, hey, we, we're going to be in the 12-team playoff discussion. I, I don't think they're they're anywhere close to that. And I, I think that there was a world in which they could have set themselves up to be in those conversations had they nailed the quarterback decision, and I don't believe they've done that yet. Well, and here's the thing, too, with, with Hugh Freeze. It's Bo Wallace. It's Chad Kelly. It's Malik Willis. Sure. Like, it's not like these dudes are going to the NFL and being superstars. 
but they're superstars in college. And to me, like I went to Auburn, but it's like, okay, why can't you even do that with Peyton Thorne? And if you can't do that with a guy who had really two really good seasons in the Big Ten, it to me, it kind of gives me pause as to, okay, who can he do? Can he even do it moving forward? I still have faith in Hugh Freeze. I'm not crazy about the going back and forth with the play calling thing. I loved his approach. It's I very Gus Malzahnish. It is. And man, if I'm an Auburn fan, I'm like, oh boy. I <laughs> oh, flashbacks. We, we paid 21 and a half million bucks to move on from that. Um, look, I, I think that that Hugh Freeze long term is still set up well. I think he's he's doubting himself a little bit. And I think I there, there, there are some moments that just make me wonder is, is he kind of feeling the heat? Is he looking back at his predecessor and saying, well, that guy didn't make it till the end of year two. He got fired on Halloween of year two. Oh, the guy before him, again, $21.5 million at the time, the richest buyout ever, and then Jimbo Fisher happened. But I think he's looking at those two things and going, oh, boy, I've got to figure things out in a hurry. And that's good. It's good to coach with a sense of urgency to a certain extent. But at a certain point, man, you'd like to think that he's confident in what he's going to be able to do developing the quarterback position and not stubborn. Those are there are there are there's a very fine line that Billy Napier is kind of walking right now uh, in that arena. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that eventually we're going to look at a quarterback on the planes and say, dang, Hugh Freeze, he's still got it, man. Maybe it's in the transfer portal this uh, this spring, or maybe it's Peyton Thorne, or maybe it's two years from now. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating because uh, Auburn is not necessarily known as a place with patience. Yeah, yeah, that's an understatement, man. <laughs> not exactly a patient place. Well, Connor, appreciate it. Um, you know, tell people where you can find your stuff, how you can listen, how you can watch, uh, how you can read. I mean, you do everything everywhere. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, SaturdayDownSouth.com. Uh, we have just tons and tons of coverage right now not just basketball coverage. If you're just into the football <laughs> stuff, we still, you know, write and talk about football all the time. We talk about football year round on the Saturday down South podcast, uh, YouTube Saturday down South. Uh, all of our episodes are up there as well. Lots and lots of great content that we can be talking about in late February, early March. That isn't just, you know, random brackets that we're coming out with. Um, <laughs> I know that's the name of the game, but yeah, I always tell people Saturday down South.com is the one-stop shop for any college sports, man. Yeah, and you know what? There's spring practices happening. So exactly. it really never sleeps these days. What about well, offseason? Where did it go? Connor, appreciate it. Thanks, man. That'll do it for this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. Appreciate you checking out the show. If you're watching on YouTube, Rumble, spread it around. Hit that notification bell. Subscribe if you're not subscribed already. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, don't forget to subscribe there. Leave a review. No matter how you're consuming this show, please leave a review. If it's a five-star, great. Leave that review. If it's not, if you hate me, if you hate this show, leave a one-star review. Leave a terrible review. I don't care as long as... As you let me know what you like and what you dislike. Y'all have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.